your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, uh, just a quick recap here before we introduce our next guest. Um, you may recall this month uh, the Hungary newspaper had a report citing uh, the official in question here from the National Pension Service uh, as claiming that now chairman of the MPS and former welfare minister, Moon Hyung-pyo, had pressured the MPS when he was minister to support a merger between Samsung C&T and Chael Industries. Now, this was a merger that went through last year. It was seen as being favourable to the Samsung Group family, who had 42% stake in Chael Industries. It certainly wasn't favourable to Samsung C&T shareholders. Jeffrey Kane is a career-based journalist who writes about Asian affairs and is currently writing a book about Samsung. Uh, good morning to you. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very complicated picture here, and I tried my best to sum it up before, but even then, it, it's, uh, it's one of those mergers that must have raised eyebrows last year. Do, do you feel that, like some of the other issues around this Chess and Chill scandal, that things start to make more sense now in light of allegations that have been made recently? Oh, yes, without a doubt. I think that you're completely right. Uh, back when this merger happened in the summer of 2015, um, I remember I was actually uh, writing about it. I was doing a lot of work related to it. And uh, it, the, the National Pension Service um, was just uh, completely secretive, uh, was, was not talking about how it was voting, why it was voting a certain way, uh, kept its vote secret for a few weeks after the vote was cast. And uh, basically you had a lot of people uh, just, just sitting around wondering um, why did the National Pension Service uh, make a vote that was fun fundamentally against its own interests, uh, yeah. made a vote that would, would lead to probable losses uh, that really had no um, profit-making interest at all. And now it's making a lot more sense that there was political patronage involved, that there may have been corruption involved, um, that Samsung may have been, uh, uh, you know, influence peddling to get this through. So uh, yeah, now now that the scandal is, is out, yes, uh, now we have that we we have that missing part, and we can see uh, what exactly uh, was going on behind the scenes. I mean, just to add another layer to this, Moon Hyung Pyo denies this. He was then health and welfare minister. He's now the chair of the NPS. Um, but I mean, what makes this surprising, as you suggested, was that it voted against the NPS interests, which had an eleven percent stake in Samsung C and T. But the pension service, of course, also represents many of our interests as members of the public. Yes, and that is the big uh, problem here. So the National Pension Service uh, is, is paying out pensions in Korea, and uh, the, the problem is that uh, Korea is an aging country. It's a country where lots of people are, gonna need, are, are going to need pensions uh, in the years to come. So uh, when the National Pension Service does something like vote for a merger, uh, what's happening here is that uh, uh, they were actually getting shares of Samsung C&T um, at Samsung's uh, declared value. So, so they were going to get uh, one-third of the value of each share paid back. So, so basically what would happen is that uh, the National Pension Service was trading in shares of Samsung C&T, getting one-third of the value back, 
And uh, uh, that's, that's a number that Samsung had set. And the, and the big question was, why did Samsung set that number? How did they come to that conclusion? And if you look at the stock of CNT, it, it was a very suspicious transaction from the beginning um, because uh, the, the, the stock of CNT w- was going down for a while. And then suddenly when it hit, hit, it hit a certain part, uh, it hit a certain point, and then Samsung said, we're going to go through with this merger. Um, so back then, I, I remember when this happened, I, I was actually speaking with a former um, chief investment officer of the National Pension Service at the time, and uh, he had left a couple of years earlier. He was also uh, uh, a person who was involved in Samsung CNT. He was an executive for many years. Um, he was actually involved in the Samsung ruling family's uh, transition. He was involved in, in passing these shares uh through the Samsung ruling family, and even he was looking at this and just questioning what the heck was going on. He told me that even um, just the idea of the National Pension Service being invested in Samsung CNT in the first place, being invested in the construction industry, uh, which is not a very strong long-term industry in Korea, just made little sense to him as uh, an investment officer. It's just something that he couldn't fathom. And now we're seeing that all these connections, all these political uh, connections, this cronyism is really what played a role. And you know, to, yeah. to be honest, it, Back then, it did seem. Uh, it, back then, it would have seemed surprising, but now it's seen. It, it's seeming less and less surprising as time goes on. Yeah, but cronyism is is nothing new to uh, Korean politics uh, or business practices. But the thing is that Samsung obviously made sizable donations to these uh, non-profits linked to Chess and Shill and, and President Park and Hay, which is where this comes full circle. Uh, how, how does this influence your own research ahead of your book? Are you having to tear up the script? <laughs> Actually, I'm not having to tear up the script because this is something that has happened before with Samsung. Cronyism um, is not a new story. Uh, the rise of Samsung does not only rest on its smartphones and its, TV, and its TVs globally, um, but it rests on political connections and government support, and it's something that really goes back decades. Uh, in 2008-2009, uh, the Samsung chairman, Lee Kun-hee, was convicted of tax evasion, was uh, accused of a large-scale uh, major bribery uh, scheme, and uh, was convicted, uh, was never jailed, was given a, a suspended sentence, and in the end received a presidential pardon. Um, in 2009, he received a presidential pardon uh, for his crimes. He was convicted, and then he was sent back to the Samsung Group. He became the, the chairman of Samsung again after stepping down, after resigning. Um, so you, you basically have this pattern uh, at Samsung in particular, which is the bedrock on which the Korean economy rests. Uh, you have this pattern of, of uh, executives acting with impunity, and it's something that's been going on for decades, um, especially as they try to pass down shares to the current heir, J.Y. Lee, um, they, they have broken laws. Uh, some, some executives have gone to jail. Um, executives at Samsung have told me that back when they were doing this in the 1990s in particular, they were lining up to go to jail. It was something considered good at Samsung. I mean, if, if you could go to jail for the company, you were considered loyal. And it's something that they admit that, yeah, we, we did it. And, uh, yeah, we, um, we passed down shares and we did it illegally. And they say, yeah, we went to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in many in, in many ways, Samsung, uh, the, at least the, what the executives tell me who were involved with this, they tell me that Samsung was actually more like a mafia um, in the way that they uh, evaded laws and the way that they found loopholes. And uh, that's not an exaggeration. Sounds like it's going to be an explosive publication, yours, when it comes out, by the way. Um, but as far as... Um 
the whole structure of Samsung shareholding is concerned, you do have this uh, spanner in the works, don't you? Because not everybody can be controlled and just quieted. You've got this US hedge fund, Elliott Associates, that we talked about a lot in the, in the news last year. Uh, yes, so Elliott is a hedge fund that has been involved in Korea for many years now. Um, they have been involved in shareholder activism uh, going back at least 15 years in Korea, and they have uh, gone after Samsung before. So uh, Paul Singer, the head of Elliott, is, uh, j- just to give an introduction, he's a guy who um, is uh, a very wealthy, very successful hedge fund owner, um, coming out of Wall Street, a uh, political donor, uh, sort of has that, uh, that, you know, that profile that many hedge fund owners have. And publicly he stated that his goal is, is not always necessarily to make money, to, to come in and make a quick you know, buck uh, from other companies' shares, but actually to hold companies accountable to you know, hold them to the rules of the market. And he's uh, gotten involved in battles uh, with the Argentinian government. Um, he's, uh, you know, you know, after the Argentinian government uh, defaulted on its loans um, a while back, uh, he's had his hedge fund try to, for example, seize uh, ships. Uh, naval vessels around the world to stop satellite launches, um, to do uh, what it can to get get the money back. And uh, the idea, the thinking behind that is that, yeah, I mean, we are we are making a profit, but also um, we do have to hold people accountable to mm. you know to the agreements that they sign. Um, so that's controversial. Uh, Samsung's view, at least internally uh, among these executives, that um, Elliott is a hedge fund raider. That they're going to come in, they're going to uh, you know use Samsung's possible suffering. Uh, to make uh, this money quickly and then sell off the shares and then run, um, but uh, but yeah, what we're seeing now is that uh, it's uh, the the attention is shifting away from Elliot, and we're seeing now if this investigation it goes any higher, if it becomes um, you know a serious problem, we're seeing that this merger may actually turn out to be fraudulent. Wow, well. That certainly will be something to watch. Samsung's position seems to have weakened considerably since last year, not least because of those exploding uh, smartphone batteries recently. Jeffrey Kane, for now, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you, Alex. Exploding smartphones and exploding scandals circling Samsung. Yet another example of how a spin-off story is becoming fascinating in its own right as far as this presidential office scandal is concerned. Jeffrey Kane, career-based journalist and a name to watch out for with that publication. You can tweet us your thoughts right now at EFM This Morning.